racial discrimination can be a characteristic of pitta depression not able to comprehend and digest this one single mantra the whole humanity is one race i think humility is needed to practice humanity if you dive deep into that person's mental personality we may find roots in pitta vata kind of depression but it definitely has its roots in the imbalanced pitta and the agni component craving foods that create more aggression in mind alcohol meat especially red meat hot spicy foods a pitta depressed person wants to eat foods that add more fuel to the pitta fire that is already on the verge to explode during this phase of pitta depression one gets deep cravings for violent kind of foods as i mentioned alcohol is a big one the second would be heavy red meat dishes also fatty and greasy foods basically the foods that will set you onto self harming or self destructive journey you will be surprised to know that majority of the suicide cases in the world are because of pitta depression the ultimate self destructive method one can use in this life right it's really sad but it's true pitta the fire which is meant to light the way of liberation to us unfortunately for some the same fire the same light when it gets completely imbalanced burns them to self destruction by the way india tops the list as the world's suicide capital hard to believe right as we all know india is the land that gave birth to ayurveda and yoga people not incorporating healthy lifestyle i think not recognizing mental illness by the society or by the government it's a taboo in the society to talk about any kind of depression it's also here and i think it's worldwide these all i think may be contributing to the alarming number of suicides happening in india in this episode we will talk all about pitta state of depression we all know the fundamental principle of ayurveda you are what you digest this principle holds true even for depression this is where the process of acceptance and digestion of all the dark emotion begin to happen so this is an important phase in the journey of depression the pitta phase of digestion and assimilation guru brahma guru vishnu guru devo maheshwara Namaste again this is Akshita today we will be learning about pitta state of depression of all the three states of depression vata pitta and kapha the pitta depression is definitely more intense and severe than the other two so brace yourself as we chart our way through the emotional wildfires of the pitta dosha in this episode I also plan to share my own personal experience going through a pretty intense and long phase of pitta depression. We will also learn some classical ayurveda remedies that can help pacify pitta. 
But before we begin, please make sure you have listened to the earlier two episodes on depression. The first one is understanding depression through yoga and Ayurveda philosophy. And the second one is understanding kapha depression through the science of Ayurveda. This will give you a good context to understand Pitta depression in this episode. So let's get started. The fire element is warmly sandwiched between the first two subtle elements and the last two gross elements. The order of Panchamahabhutas, the building blocks of this creation, is from subtle to gross. Ether, air, fire, water, earth. So fire being the center of the five elements shows characteristics of both subtle and gross. But when we look at fire, there is nothing subtle about it, right? Fire is fire. We can see it, hear it, and we all know what happens when we touch it. Fire is called as Agni in Ayurveda. It becomes the metabolic fire when it resides in the navel chakra, the Manipura. The fundamental principle of Ayurveda, we are what we digest, refers to this Agni, which is called as Jatar Agni, the main Agni responsible for digestion, which when loosely translated can be said as metabolic fire responsible for digestion, segregation, assimilation of nutrients. The Agni takes up different functions and different names as it travels along our physical body and mind. The same Agni takes a subtle form when it moves up and down the highway of our spine. We are familiar with Kundalini Shakti. This is the Agni in subtle form and we refer to it as simply energy, which can be tangibly felt, but not necessarily seen with our two physical eyes. So this fire element is quite versatile in its character and appeal. When one embarks the journey of self-realization, this fire transforms as a subtle energy, activating the chakras and nadis to penetrate the subtle astral realms. The same fire sojourns as a rajasic energy when one becomes overzealous in life and transforms into tamasic energy when one strays away in hopelessness and darkness in life. The Vedanta teachings tell us each one of us sooner or later, has to embark on the journey of knowing our true higher self. And that is when the real purpose of Agni is fulfilled, which is enlightenment. So talking about Pitta, I get all jazzed up as I'm a Pitta-dominant personality. And I can go on and on about Pitta. We can easily do 9 to 10 episodes just on Pitta. But I will stick to what I promised and share with you the state of depression influenced by Pitta dosha. Pitta depression is generally more vocal and direct. It can come out in an aggressive tone, harsh words, snap at people for no good reason. It's important to know the actions of Pitta are pronounced, severe and intense. I think most of you will agree with me that Pitta people do not practice passive-aggressive behavior. This is more in the territory of Vata and Kapha people, I think. In fact, Pitta people have a hard time interacting with passive-aggressive folks as they only know one language and that is to be direct. Well, let me be honest, most often curt too, right? 
all these qualities were translated in my pitta phase of depression when i look back my vata phase of depression was very short and i remember being in this pitta phase for a pretty long time when you accept what has happened to you be it losing a loved one a major challenge in life coming out of relationship whatever may be the reason once you are ready to accept that's when you have entered the pitta phase of depression i think you will all agree here the journey of healing begins only after acceptance but let me tell you now this gets interesting there are two stages of acceptance the first stage is the easier one acceptance with suppression of our emotions and the second stage is acceptance with introspection of our emotions the second one is really the true form of acceptance and this needs a lot of courage backed by spiritual wisdom most people sadly get stuck in the first stage of acceptance and either bury themselves in work and become a workaholic or become an alcoholic do substance abuse and other harmful things to abuse the mind and body suppressing our emotions and torturing our mind and body is easier than practicing introspection and contemplating why this has happened to me what is there for me to learn and grow this is tough so most of the people choose to suppress and move on the acceptance stage is not easy in fact it is the toughest one where the fire of pitta fuels the bruise of guilt anger hatred pushing one to take dire steps and this is my experience the more vulnerable you are truer the healing let me repeat it the more vulnerable you are truer is the healing for me true healing began only when i offered my undisguised self to my guru true healing brings out the courage to move on with life or else we will be dragging on in life not really living life to share my pitta phase of depression i need to travel back the memory lane i think this is going to be tough and an emotional ride i still vividly remember the last phone conversation with my mother she was in the hospital and was being discharged that day as usual she inquired about me more than updating me on her health condition her voice was feeble i could feel she had become very weak after chatting with me for few minutes she strongly insisted i call her the next day morning and i assured her i will call her back the next day that night i was not able to sleep as some strange feeling of losing her was haunting my mind during that time i worked briefly as a banker in an it company but worked as a banker for a temporary period of time so i had to be on dot for my banking job and that morning i got up late and in all the hurry i was not able to call my mother in the morning i planned to call her in the evening when i came back from work it was too late she had passed down it felt like a big thunderbolt had hit my heart suddenly 
the floor I was standing on felt like was forcibly taken away from me. Looking back now, the story that unraveled is so spiritually beautiful and symbolic at the same time. Because during that time, we had a Swami from India, a monastic, staying in our house. And me and my husband had gone to the airport to send him off. There were so many symbolic instances of how my inner self knew my mother's passing and how it correlated to the Swami. But I think I may share this story some other time as this will make the podcast too long. The guilt of not calling my mother that morning weighed very heavily on my heart. My ego started rationalizing with many variations. You could have taken a day off and called your mother. You could have had one more time chatting with her. What if she had something important to tell you? These varied instances ran like a broken record 24 by 7 in my mind. And the only way my Pitta knew to handle this was to accept and suppress it. The same first stage of acceptance that I shared with you all. I did not take any bereavement leave. I just buried myself in work. And this was not a pleasant experience for me at all. I was traveling to India every few months to take care of my dad. By then I had moved to an IT job. Life was very fast-paced and challenging. Within just two years of my mother's passing, my dad passed too. I was still struggling to cope with my mother's loss and top of that, I lost my dad too. Looking back now to my phase of Pitta depression, I had become bitter and anger had taken on another level. It was more the silent anger inside me that was eating me up than my vocal anger of lashing out when and how I got a chance. I was definitely not happy not joyful for sure. My meditations were like a checklist, short and mediocre. My relationship with my guru suffered the most as I was really not in the right mindset to commune with him. I was busy 24 by 7 feeling orphaned and when I look back now, I was somehow enjoying myself pitting. My logical mind gave me concrete reasons, like the word daughter has no meaning to you anymore in your life. All your relatives from your mother's side and your father's side have ostracized you. You have no siblings, so you have every right to pity yourself. I had no idea how harmful uh, my imbalanced pitta can be for my health, both physically and from a mental perspective. My guru gives a very beautiful analogy. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. That is the dharma of the orange. When life squeezes us, what comes out of us is our true state. It is easy and convenient to mask ourselves and be kind, generous, thoughtful, happy when things are going our way. But that is not really our true state. It is only and only when 
we are tested by life what comes out then is what we truly are to share with you honestly i had zero patience during that phase i carried my anger and frustration on the tip of my nose this phase of extreme pitta imbalance was completely new to me and honestly i didn't know how to handle it most of the time i would feel someone else is controlling my emotions and lashing out at everyone and everybody at work even a little disagreement in the meetings i would even lash out to my manager deep frustration ran in my veins like a poison that never made me forget not calling my mother this started taking on an unusual form when i began to dislike no that's not the word hate is the word i want to be honest and share this with you i started hating and avoiding women of my mother's age who were in their early 70s i even stopped going to the nuns retreat at my guru's temple this was an annual event and i was skipping it every year this felt really odd but i didn't know why i was behaving like this when i tried to introspect on this new found anger and hatred in my heart it led me to search start searching within akshita why are you avoiding and hating women who are your mother's age why why in the beginning i was not getting the right answer and i was brushing it off saying maybe i see my mother in these women and that's why i'm trying to avoid them it kind of convinced me 10% but my inner voice was coaxing me to find the answer there was something lacking and something definitely more to this then finally when my intellect and my ego failed to give me the satisfactory answer where else can i go right to my guru which ideally should have been the first choice instead of trying to use my ego to rationalize my weird behavior so one day in my prayer room i called out to my guru in one of my meditation and deeply asked what is the reason i'm acting like this with some women makes no sense to me what's wrong with me the guru always answers the disciples sincere questions in life then the answer silently unfolded i was really seeking healing from my mother's two sisters where i had innocently put lot of trust in them thinking they would solace and console me to come out of this phase one of my mother's sister's voice was exactly like my mother's and she sounded perfectly like my mother on the phone and that terrified me and put me in that dark rabbit hole more deeper So when my mother's sister didn't really help me in any way I think I didn't know how to handle myself and come out of my grief and that took a weird form and every time I looked at an elderly woman she would remind me of my mother's sisters who turned out to be quite cold and callous in their behavior towards me My mother passed away in one of her sisters home and her last words before she passed on was take care of my daughter as you can and left her body this was shared to me here in the us and it just tore my heart i was everything to her her only child born by her incessant devotional prayers to all the gods in india 
and you must know there can be more gods than india's billion plus population the crux of hinduism is it is not a religion but just a profoundly contemplated idea that anyone from any religion can attain enlightenment through devotion perseverance establishing a personal relationship with the creator in hinduism god is defined as sachitananda ever existing ever conscious ever new bliss i think even the atheist might believe in this concept of god in the beginning it was tough to comprehend that my mother who just had a flu and then suddenly was gone it was hard for my mind to accept something this sudden my logical mind always knew i would not have the luxury of parental love in my later years as they had conceived me very late in life it tore my heart that i was not there in our final moments to take care of her to bid her goodbye the deep guilt was built on the fact that i was not able to call her her last wish to talk to me one more time i was not able to fulfill even in her last breath she was only thinking of me what did i do in return this is the reason i was not able to forgive myself for this pitta people have a hard time forgiving it does not come easy to them as they hold themselves and others to a really high standard for me this phase of not forgiving myself was pretty long i would say 5 to 6 years it started to silently kill me from inside my imbalanced pitta only craved savory foods deep fried foods i ate a lot outside i had started losing ambition in life i don't remember taking on anything new and exciting had skin issues i remember an episode when i had eczema energy and focus was really very low had basically lost the rasa in life i used to pack lunch from home but most of the time would go out and get a pizza or a burger just to run away from my thoughts my favorite pizza was from sauce the roasted potatoes with feta and olive tapenada i ate lot of cheese during this time needed heavy carbs and fat to bury my guilt this fire of guilt didn't spare me in my sleep either i had dreams of calling my mother and saying sorry to her dreams about taking care of her before she passed on my subconscious mind was trying to give me an opportunity to forgive myself but i didn't know how to really forgive and come out of this phase i started to realize i was self harming myself to the extent that i had forgotten how to live life during all this time my husband was a huge support he tried his best to convince me that i did everything i can for my parents for a short while i would feel better but somewhere my samskaras had gotten me good in their tightly woven web of guilty thoughts with my father it was relatively easy he had dementia in his later years and was slowly withering away and i think i was kind of mentally getting ready 
that his time might be coming soon. I used to visit him often, took care of him in his later years. So I don't think there was any room of guilt to grow as I did everything I wanted to do as a daughter to my father. In fact, just a couple of weeks before his passing, my spiritual mentor, who is a senior monk at my guru's ashram, had subtly hinted me his time to leave has come. I planned my trip to India, just two weeks before his passing, and followed all the instructions given by my spiritual mentor on how to spend the last days with him. The last few days I spent with my father are so precious and carefully etched in my mind. As instructed by my spiritual mentor, I helped my father travel the road of his life from his childhood days to all the years reminiscing his whole life. Miraculously, with the blessing of my guru, my father temporarily remembered every detail, the name of the village he was born in, his siblings, his love for me, his triumphs and failures in life, his love for food. I know where my foodie thing comes from. For a moment, I could not believe my dad had dementia. We laughed together. We cried together. It was just so special and complete. When I look back now, it was really a special gift for both me and for my dad to share and experience the father-daughter bond for one last time in a very enriching way. And then I remembered my instructions to lightly touch my father's spiritual eye, the point between the two eyebrows, and chant Om several times. My dad was not necessarily a spiritual person, so to speak, but as I chanted Om, I could see his face becoming radiant and peacefully contented at the same time. And he slowly fell asleep. The next day, he had forgotten everything. I thanked my guru for this precious, precious gift of our last bonding, which I will never forget. In few days, he passed on. So you see, with my father, it was fairly easy. There was really no guilt to grow, so I was not into depression with my father. I missed him, and I miss him today too. But that is different. With my mother, the guilt had started to mount and was really taking on the whole life of mine. And that really needed help. After a few years of this torturous suffering, I finally mustered some courage to get out of this rut when I came to know from my spiritual mentor this whole depression drama was actually the play of my five senses fueled by my inordinate guilt. With my Guru's blessing and with the tremendous help from my spiritual mentor, I discovered one day that my guilt built all these years for not calling my mother was on the foundation of wrongly interpreting what she had spoken. When my mother asked me to call her next morning, it was next morning local India time and not US time. She never could remember the time difference. So she would always let me know in our local Indian time, which I knew very well all these years talking to her on the phone. But when she passed away all of a sudden, and I didn't know how to react, 
that's when my mind treacherously convinced me that i had to call her the very next morning which would have been late at night according to local india time when i realized this for the first time it almost felt like dislodging 50 pounds of weight from my shoulders for the first time in many years i could feel i can breathe freely felt like i became alive and alert for the first time after many many years this is how we create our own illusions in life being drowned in guilt my senses conveniently created this illusion for me and made me suffer all these years bhagavad gita talks about delusion and illusion delusion we don't have any control we do not create it delusion is the construct of this creation that makes it look so real to us while illusion is fully under our control we create it with our five senses illusion is our own perceived reality shown by the canvas of our own mind my illusion looks different from your illusion but delusion looks same to everyone you see the sun just like i see the sun you see the earth just like i see the earth you see all humanity and creation on this planet just like i see it when we attain the highest form of self realization we will realize all the stars all the humanity everything on this earth is not real it is just a dream of the divine creator if you remember i had mentioned racism is a state of pitta depression i think racism is an illusion born out of extreme intense fear and spiritual ignorance to better explain this i refer to patanjali's yoga sutras in the 5th sutra chapter 2 it says ignorance is perceiving the non eternal to be eternal impure to be pure evil to be good what is not soul to be the soul this is called as avidya spiritual ignorance my guru says man fabricates his own standards of morality and behavior and calls them good irrespective of their disharmony with the eternal divine law coming back to my story once i tore away the fabric of guilt that had successfully distorted my vision of life i embarked on the journey of spiritualizing my grief and this was the best phase of my life i started diving deep into my guru's teachings instead of feeling guilty of losing my mother i started to live her essence she was very warm and kind personality offered help and caring to everyone she met and i slowly started to imbibe and bring those qualities in my daily life and it was almost bringing her into my life and something amazing started to happen i did not miss her anymore when i started to live her essence it felt like she was living with me typically when we lose our loved ones we grieve by missing all the things they did for us it comes from the ego rationalizing from me 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 attitude the vedanta teachings tell us this is a very rudimentary selfish way of missing someone in your life instead the teachings tell us 
to transcend and selflessly celebrate their life by imbibing their essence into our own life. This is the beautiful, sattvic and wholesome way of truly making them relive in your own life. Transcending the loss from the lens of selfishness to selflessness with the capital S will give you new zeal to live life, to look forward to in life, to wholeheartedly participate in your life. This will definitely bring back the rasa that I always talk about it in my podcast. Please try this approach of living the essence if you are grieving for any one of your loved ones. It works. This new phase made me deeply spiritual, brought me very close to my guru. I started getting deep insights of life and intuition was telling me there is a higher purpose you have to uncover. My spiritual mentor started hinting me to change my IT career and move into serving people with Ayurveda. I must tell you, I was helping people around me with Ayurveda during my IT career, but never ever thought of taking this full-time profession. Every time I met my spiritual mentor, he would always subtly advise me to shift my career to start helping people with natural Ayurveda lifestyle. To be honest, I didn't know how to make the shift. I was fearful to lose my IT job. It paid me well and importantly, it was stable and secure job. I kept saying yes for a few years to my spiritual mentor, but deep down, I was not really ready to plunge into the unknown of taking up Ayurveda, starting all new. (laughs) When I was hesitant to take the plunge, my guru made it easy for me. The company I was working merged with another big company. So they had to let go of all the duplication with the merger. My entire group was let go after this merger and I had no job. I finally agreed and jumped with all my feet and hands into Ayurveda and the rest is history. Looking back on my pitta phase of depression, this was the toughest phase of my life. But hidden all along was a blessing in disguise, which took me few years to unravel as my mind had played a trick on me. During this Pitta depression, I also began to successfully regulate my hypothyroidism with Ayurveda and yoga. I never used any medications or hormones. With my Guru's blessing, discovered my purpose in life, serving with Ayurveda wisdom. Sometimes my mind does ponder. Why did I have to suffer this dark, rough phase for all these years? I could have sincerely fallen at the feet of my guru and he would have given me all the right advice and I would be out of my grieving in matter of days. <laughs> it is not this easy. Life is not black and white. In spite of having a guru, knowing the spiritual teachings, knowing Ayurveda and yoga, yet, yet I had to go through this suffering. You know why? Because, unfortunately, we don't learn how to be humble. We don't learn how to be compassionate. We don't learn what is empathy until... We ourselves go through the pain and suffering and see how it affects every facet of our life. It literally shakes you from top to bottom and you have no self-esteem, no confidence. 
you no longer know who you are until you reach that bottom phase one never learns what is true humility what is true compassion and i thank my guru today for teaching me these spiritual virtues of humility compassion empathy building a strong intuition in me to gain all these blessed gifts i had to pay the price of thinning my ego you cannot practice spiritual virtues until the ego has been pretty thinned out in fact in some of my sessions i tell my clients my ego was vitamixed big time during this phase i'm still work in progress there is a lot more to learn and grow but i have come a long way from akshita 1.0 who was pretty snooty snappy judgmental and dominating personality all that defines pitta right bhagavad gita tells us we burn our karma in life by three ways and you want to know what those are one by selflessly serving others two by suffering and three by meditation and each one of us has to administer all three to burn out bad karma not just from this life but all our past lives this reminds me of my very first workshop i gave at the sedona yoga festival few years back i was intuitively guided to offer spiritualizing your grief my guess was just a handful of people might show up for this workshop and i was so wrong miraculously it was a sold out event and i had 38 people i think it was a 90 minutes workshop and i still remember every one of them were totally absorbed in the teachings on how to spiritualize grief in life almost all of them took private consultations with me later on this was a blessing from my guru as he wanted to reach out through me that there is a higher satvik way of coming out of your loneliness grief shame guilt depression and so on if any one of you are going through this phase in life please check out my online recorded video on spiritualizing your emotional boulders in this video i tell you there is a scientific step by step approach on how to spiritualize our emotional toxicity the link is in the description for you to check out i hope this pitta phase of depression was helpful to be honest i was reluctant to share my personal story on this platform i am an introvert person to be more precise i call myself selective extrovert when i have to share things or talk about things that need to be shared in this phase of pitta depression i really didn't follow much of ayurveda lifestyle as i said in the beginning pitta depression is quite intense and severe this is my experience until the why is answered i don't think pitta dominant person will ever be satisfied or come out of depression in my case when i realized that my mother never wanted me to call the very next morning us time that's when my pitta mind and body gave me the green signal to start breathing and living life so to speak what i'm trying to say is If you are in a severe pitta phase of depression ayurveda remedies will not be much of a help as the mind will never support the healing you have to focus on why 
And that's what I do in my one-on-one spiritualizing emotional baggage workshop where we spend quite a bit of time in figuring out the why of the Pitta phase. I can offer some Ayurveda remedies here, but I must emphasize it will help only after you have answered why you are in this phase. For calming the Pitta, you can try to include ghee, amaliki, figs soaked overnight, eating cooked sweet potatoes, drinking fresh coconut water, avoiding all greasy, spicy foods, alcohol and aerated beverages spike pitta big time, not skipping meals is big, but I see in my clients lot of them skipping just to torture their body because pitta phase is all about punishing yourself which can be really scary. So these things can help. But in Pitta phase of depression, you need help. It is very tough to get out on your own. Unless you have a spiritual guru or a mentor to guide you and hold you during this phase. They also must be experienced to get you out of the phase, not just be there to solace you. In the next episode, I will share with you the Vata phase of depression. You may be aware Vata is all about being spaced out. It is very hard to acknowledge anything for Vata dominant mind because it keeps changing all the time and this creates quite a turmoil in Vata depressed mind. Please do share your thoughts on how you felt about this episode or this podcast. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Namaste. Sean.